Hey everyone, welcome back to Navigating Netflix Originals. As always, I'm Madison, and as always, I'm joined by Jamie. That is me. Thank you for joining us again today. This weekend, this week, we will be discussing the Netflix original film, The Woman in the Window, which as of yesterday was in the top 10 on Netflix, new release. Yes, I believe it still is today when I watched it, but... Okay, so as of this morning... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Still in the top ten. Um, so, <laughs> what were your first impressions of this movie? Yeah. So, so for me, I to contextualize it for our listeners, um, Madison had sent me a text after she finished <laughs> to tell me that she hadn't realized it was like a horror film, and like, so then like a straight up. <laughs> horror movie it said it was a psychological thriller that is very different than a see, horror movie see for me <laughs> I, it, like, it lulls you into this false sense of security at the beginning of it being like oh it's not a horror movie at all but then things change <laughs> see for me i still would classify this as a psychological thriller because yeah. for horror i was really expecting like a lot of gore horrible like I don't know. I feel like for some reason, a lot of times horror films now have an association also with like paranormal. So I was kind oh. of expecting that. Oh. Um, so for me, I would classify this as a psychological thriller, but partly because it does do that sort of like it has, well, it has the elements of that. Yeah, too. yeah, it has layers of like it does lull you into a false sense of security at the beginning. And then there's an added layer with like her being you know, it, her dealing with her own mental issues, which then calls everything into question. And right. ultimately, it's, you know, kind of the person I expected to be their actual killer was. Did you? Yes. So to spoiler, you know, spoiler to everyone, uh, Ethan is the one who killed both his mother and David's, sadly. Dun, dun, dun. And Pam. Um, <laughs> poor Pam. Poor Pam knocked out a window. <laughs> Um, but so I guess maybe for me, I would, I would call this a horror movie, but okay. I think that might just be because the idea of having somebody break in and yeah. then lurk in my house for yes. days is like my worst absolute fear. <laughs> so like, maybe that's what made it more of a horror, horror movie to me. <laughs> no, that was horrifying when he said that he'd been living in her house all week. Yes, and and like oh, the shift of hit, like Ethan to even worse Ethan, that was just like like oh, I didn't expect that. I thought he was gonna be like crazy, but not in that way. Yeah, I mean, I knew immediately when he said that he likes cats' tongues that it was that something was off. This guy's definitely a budding serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out he is. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Although the thing, the thing that really like got me to think about it is that we never saw who stabbed, um, who ends up being Katie or Catherine, his mother. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that was strange. That obviously, like we have Anna, who's the main character, who kind of like freaks out and drops her camera and like moves away, so we don't have a chance to see it. But then when they, someone asked a question, oh, she did. She asked Ethan, like, why is he protecting you? And then we find out that, like, it comes to fruition that he is being protected. And I was like, it's going to be 
that his father has been trying to protect him because he is killing people. And lo and behold, it was. Yeah. <laughs> I See, I definitely kind of fell into think that the, like you're meant to think that the father is like this really creepy, yeah. abusive man. <clears throat> and I'm sure that he probably is. Seems in some it. Ways, <laughs> yeah. not the, he's not the actual murderer. Um, he's more of like probably has a lot of old money um yeah. and old yeah. money values and so like the idea of his son being arrested for murder was worse than covering up the murders that his son was doing <laughs> yeah which is just like there's no excuse if your child is murdering someone just yeah you're not doing them but, any favors by not turning them into <laughs> to the proper no. authorities but I thought Ethan was creepy right from the beginning. Yeah. So, like, we meet him early on after we kind of realize that Anna, the main character, is an agoraphobic and is kind of, like, bound to her house. Mm-hmm. Um, and she suffers from, like, very severe panic, panic attacks. Um, and Ethan kind of sort of forces his way inside. Like, not, like, physically forces, but he's yeah. like, oh, my mom sent me over to give you this candle. You have to let me in, neighbor, kind of. And I was like, oh that's a little weird uh, <laughs> and yeah. i didn't like it right from the beginning no i didn't like the fact that both him and his mother forced their way essentially into her house at different points and i was yeah. like yeah it was especially kind of creepy when she let him in because it, it was kind of an idea of like you're just like hanging out with a 16 year old in your house like obviously for her there wasn't any like creepiness going on although she almost did watch him like take his shirt off in the bathroom window which was mm, pushing it but see and i thought like initially like the way they were gonna go with Ethan was good he was gonna be like autistic or something because Mm. he kind of had those vibes yeah but and so i think that's why she was like playing into you know oh you can stay Mm -hmm. if you want kind of thing is how i read that but yeah and she was her profession before all of uh, this happened was a child psychologist. So she, you know, is used to working with children with all sorts of different issues. So I'm sure she also, for that reason, you know, was more susceptible, like accepting of him into the house and stuff. Right. But yeah, it was a bit weird. (laughs) Yeah. So I wasn't surprised when we found out that Ethan was the killer because I was like, well, he's been creepy through the whole movie. So that makes sense. But (laughs) yeah. I mean, the thing, I was wondering how long it was going to take them to get to like what actually happened because the second note that I wrote is guessing that her husband and kids died somehow. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not see that coming. (laughs) (laughs) Because it, it, yeah, it seemed like she, it, it seemed like some of the things that she was experiencing were more so like memories and not necessarily actual conversation for me. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, when when we found out, like, you know, when that makes sense then, like, that's, okay, that's why she's agoraphobic and yeah. has panic attacks and is self-medicating with all of her antipsychotics mixed with alcohol because, well. like, and I was thinking, like, you know, the more, it was kind of seemed like the more she drank, like, the more the alcohol interfered with her antipsychotics and was, like, causing hallucinations. Then. And so I thought she was doing that because then it was like they were there. And, and that is, like, that's yeah. why she was doing it. It's like they were there, you know, in the room with her. But I was, you know, just thinking because she missed them, not because they were dead and she missed them. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think they do try to, I mean, because she says so herself that they're separated, like it, it does sort of like, 
it did right. make me shift a little bit towards like, oh, maybe they are just separated. Right. And yeah, as you say, like she was sort of hallucinating actual conversations with them as well, especially like after she saw all the stuff, you know, in the window and, right. and such. And she's doing that like at the beginning of the movie too, like before you see like this decline in her yeah. mental health, like back when she seemed, well, you know, not, not great, but like a little more stable at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's like her stability kind of went out the window immediately went after she like spoke with her, I guess her psychologist, I don't know, psychiatrist, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and uh, then she's like, you know, who's congratulating her and quitting drinking. And then like the next scene, she's just like running through the house with a glass of wine. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, this is not good. The the way they do like her psychiatrist or psychologist, or I'm not sure which one he's supposed to be in this situation, yeah. but probably a psychiatrist because he's prescribing her medications. Fair. Um, they make it seem like she thinks that he's like, trying to make her go crazy like that he's prescribing her medications that are intentionally making her yeah. hallucinate um but we kind of realize at the end that this the, with this when we see the psychiatrist at the end that he's actually been trying to help her this whole time and it's just that she that was all part of her the sort of delusion yeah her delusion yeah um was that the psychiatrist was in on it kind of and that was like a really interesting play on yeah it. it was yeah and then it was, yeah, I guess I, I, it was curious too when she, it was finally revealed that her family had died when we finally see the flashback and then it makes sense why we see, you know, her, you know, in like her flashbacks to just sort of like a snowy sky or whatever. Yes, yeah. Um, but that brings on a thing of like, what the hell is wrong with that detective and police officer? Because oh like God. from the get go, they do not believe her at all about anything no. she's saying. And I kind of like, I get the impression that she, from like the way, what we know about her and what we see her doing, that she's the kind of person who calls 911 yeah. on what her neighbors are doing a lot. Probably so. <laughs> and I feel like maybe this was just a, uh, like an accumulation of so many times that she's called Woof that this time they didn't believe her kind of thing. Yeah. I wish they would have set that up a little, because we only, the only thing we see is her calling for David the first time he comes in. Right. Um, unannounced or whatever. And I wish they would have made a point, like when they actually came after the second call to be like, you know, this is the umpteenth time we've come here. Like what's going yeah. on? You know, because that would have made it been like, oh, okay. Yeah. But otherwise they just I seemed kind of like assholes. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a combination of that. I think yeah. that they're also assholes, but also like they and they and they knew clearly everybody in the area knew what she had been through. They knew yeah. she was like this an agoraphobic woman who stays home and spies on the you know neighbors out the window. Like she had this reputation um, that kind of preceded her, I think, in this situation as well. Yeah, definitely so. Um, so yeah, I guess like. All the more reason maybe not to, like, disclose all of the neighbor's information when you're the person selling the house next door. Because the son yeah. found out all about her because the realtor had been, like, spilling the gossip, you know? I know. Like, that was such, like, a creepy thing, too. That, like, yeah, he's, like, this serial killer who, like, pays attention to these details on how to, yeah. like, 
pick his next victim and then the way he talks about like i don't even care how you die i just want to be there when you go kind mm-hmm. of like it like basically offering to let her kill herself as long as he could watch <laughs> yeah and oh he's so creepy oh my god he's <laughs> super creepy yeah and the fact that yeah he starts talking about how you know in life it, it's clear that he does want to be a serial killer but he's like not sure what his signature is yet you know okay. so he's trying to be like i don't know you know I watched her die for five minutes, you know, after she fell. And apparently that was the thing that got him off most. So, because he tried yeah. also to shove her off a building afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> after like, he clawed her in the fucking face with a rake or a oh hand. Oh my God. That was a trowel. Worst. I don't know if those are called. Yeah. Like, like one of those gardening, like claw things. Claw. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, right in the face. Oh. Yeah, that I was, was like, oh, no. Was <laughs> and then much. it just stays, like, hanging in there for too long. <laughs> I mean, I guess, yeah, I don't know. I mean, as someone who's, you know, had a had something lodged in their face and that they ripped out, I guess, like, my reaction would be to take it out immediately, but... I guess. Wait, <laughs> but... what if you have lodged in your face <laughs> it was... ripped out? <laughs> Not my face, but when I was quite young... Um, one Christmas, my brother and I were playing with darts, and he, I went up to like collect my darts, and he threw his into the back of my head. Ugh. And apparently, I just ripped it out, and that was bleeding all over the hallway. So, <laughs> so I feel like I wouldn't leave a rake in my face, but um, I mean, God. you're supposed to leave. You are because it keeps the hole plugged up, is what I've heard. Yeah, but oh my God, <laughs> I that know that was too much. Level. Yeah, I also I don't like. Think I can stand the sensation <laughs> of pulling it back oh, out. Oh, stop! Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's too much. I didn't look to see if they tried to give her like fake scars at the end of the movie for that, but surely that would leave a scar or three. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I didn't notice her having any. Like, yeah. and it would only nine months later where she's like supposedly mentally stable enough to move out of her apartment. But um, yeah. She also, like, she would definitely have had scars. I wonder if they did include that. Yeah, I, I don't know. She, it's also, like, very lucky that she's alive anyway, given the fact that, yeah. like, a little higher and it would have, like, went through her temple and a little yeah. and somewhere in her neck already, so probably close yeah, to like, the jugular. It could have hit her eye, you know, places. But it could man, have, yes. Hit, like, that would have just ended you, probably. Probably. <laughs> stop it Jamie stop it (laughs) you said it (laughs) but um the thing that got me though is like I couldn't help but thinking like when she blocked him with the knife and it stuck in that thing and then he disappeared I was like mm. and she like pulled out the knife I was like don't touch the fucking knife because he had just stabbed David to death and now if he vanishes like Yes, you have a trowel or like a, a rake in your face, but like, who's to say that you didn't somehow do that to yourself? I don't know. Like, I thought I she know. was going to get, you know, I thought it was going to be pinned on her for a minute. I definitely would have picked up the knife. Like, yeah. grab the weapon. He's still around somewhere. He's not leaving until he's watched you die. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> or, or until you die, or until he dies. Until but, someone's dead. <laughs> yeah. Until somebody is dead. Yeah. As soon as they went up to the roof, I was like, oh, they're going to call back to the skylight not yeah. being fixed, and somebody's going to die that way. Yeah. 
hopefully it's Ethan and not Anna. Yeah, for sure. And it was. It was, yes. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so we when in this in the flashback where we learn about the accident we also learned that like anna and her husband were actually like on the verge of a divorce um yeah. over yeah. what seems to be anna's affair with david the tenant did you read that that way as well i don't know if it, i didn't read it as david cuz my under, i assumed that david cuz david had I mean, only been her tenant for 3 months i think they said so no but they say his name like like edward calls him like when the phone starts ringing and he says something about like oh david you always liked him and then the phone starts ringing and and he's like that's him isn't it i bet that's him and they're talking about david i don't remember him saying david but yeah no i i did notice that they said david's name in that scene i don't know though i don't know like given i mean maybe that's what if so then maybe that's what he thought but their interactions make me think like definitely there was nothing between them because <laughs> he seems to think she's just insane the whole time. David does for Anna, yeah. you know, and like they don't. Yeah, there's no sort of for me, I didn't get any sort of like ex lover vibe. I got stranger no, who that, moved in downstairs. <laughs> well, that's what I got, too. But it, I, they, they do say David's name in that flashback. So maybe she just like took on another tenant that was named David. Because maybe. She david around <laughs> like could she be that crazy maybe maybe i don't know but yeah i didn't catch that but my god yeah. like first of all let's not ever try to reach for our dropped phone in the middle of a blizzard while you're driving around for real mistake um, number one she knows it's a mistake <laughs> she does yeah <laughs> she's dealing with that not well but no but it seems to improve by the end we do get that kind of like happy happy ending feel that you don't get with most horror movies yeah she's recovered enough she can go outside and she can you know move away from the house that she had lived with with her family yeah so she's making another recovery with with punch with yeah with punch the cat (laughs) and his tongue (laughs) yeah his tongue yeah I, i the thing that I, I guess, like, the good thing about the detective that I liked that they did at the end was that he was apparently the only one who had seen her, like, last will and testament video. Right. Um, and I like that he basically just gave her the phone and was like, I'll be back in an hour. Um, you know, whatever you don't want on this, just <laughs> delete it. Yeah, yeah, but that, that was, was nice. Kind of redeemed him a little bit, you know. Yeah. That was nice. So we have, yeah. That's- yeah, we didn't talk much about um, Katie, the the not actually Jane Russell, Jane Russell. Yeah. <laughs> the woman who, who starts the whole confusion where Anna thinks that this woman is Jane Russell because that's sort of what she leads Anna to believe. <laughs> she doesn't say anything when, when Anna doesn't. assumes, yeah. Right, she doesn't say it, tell her that she's wrong. But um, that, that was... Because I like, there was a point where I was actually sort of convinced that she had hallucinated, like Katie, and or you know Jane Russell being there. I wasn't sure. I was like, maybe she really did hallucinate. That they did a like very good job at that whole storyline. They did. Yeah, I was glad that she found the photo. With you know, they did a good job of having her be like, wait, I'm not crazy. (laughs) Although the only go ahead. 
Say, the only thing that was a little unbelievable was how much David just happened to know about Katie that at the end he's like able to connect with all of the dots of who this person is and is and that just seemed like odd that she would have told David all of this stuff in a one night stand kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And also like I find it very strange that David wouldn't have I guess he does mention Catherine, but like he doesn't say who that is or whatever or try to like contextualize it. I feel like right. You know, him not being like, you know, it, it, there is this woman that's been hanging around and he knew her life story by then. So, like, I don't understand. I, I don't get why he wouldn't have mentioned that when I know what? Alistair, Alistair was there, but like he could have mentioned it in front of the cops. And then at least we would have known that, like, she saw some blonde, <laughs> you know, right. who right. she assumed that's- was the wife, but wasn't. Right. Especially, like, you think if David had thought about it for a few seconds, like, if Anna did see somebody murdered, it was probably that woman, you know, that right. literally was Jane Russell because she's alive and standing there in the room. So it was probably the other woman who was hanging around there. And I feel like the guy, David, would have been able to put two and two together to be like, oh, you know what? She does kind of look like Jane, right. you know? So- yeah well and maybe the reason he didn't want to get involved was because he knew he was in violation of his parole and he didn't yeah. want to put his name on any cop record at all so maybe that's why he just tried to stay out of the whole thing that's true and then she just kind of unloads all that anyway and then he's probably right. like i'm not gonna say anything else bye right yeah so maybe that is why they put that in there just to yeah give him some reason as to why he didn't speak up to begin with yeah, well, he's dead now, so. I know, that was, like, shocking. <laughs> yeah, I thought maybe, like, they were going to somehow work together to knock him down the stairs when he, like, I know, wakes up. When, when when um David reaches out and grabs Ethan's leg, so you know, like, he's not actually quite dead. Whatever Ethan had done the first time didn't work entirely. Yeah. Uh, but then he just, like, stabs him, like, repeatedly. <laughs> yeah. That was nice that he did a little something to try to help Anna with his last yeah. breaths, I guess. Yeah, with his last breath he tried. Not very successfully, but it gave her a little head start. <laughs> it did, as she ran upstairs, which they always do in horror films, as you say, horror slash psychological dramas. It's a psychological thriller, but it's also a horror movie. It's, it's like a psychological horror. And the last 20 minutes are very horror-esque. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Wish I'd been more prepared for that as I watched it late last night. <laughs> yeah. I guess now you've, you know, you've ventured into psychological horrors, we'll say. Combined yeah, so, that- so now maybe we'll be open to more? I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Especially if I'm more prepared for them to yeah. watch them in the bright sunlight of day. There you go. At 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess at least there are fewer places to hide in your apartment, you know? I mean, that's true. I don't think somebody could get away with, like, living in my apartment for a week without me noticing. <laughs> yeah, you're also not in a state of psychosis, so that helps, too. <laughs> that is also true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's, yeah, yeah. that's pretty much all I had to say about Woman in the Window. Yeah. That's that's all my notes. I actually didn't even write down any quotes. It's not a very quotable movie. <laughs> the only quote I wrote was, "I like cats' tongues." Yeah, I like cats' tongues. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's when you knew there was something wrong with this boy. <laughs> yeah, immediately. But yeah, so 
if everyone has made it this far, thanks for listening. Um, yeah. If you want to let us know what you thought of this and or if you thought it was a psychological thriller or a horror film, <laughs> feel free to reach out on Twitter at Edino Podcast. Or if you agree with me that it's a horror movie, you can send us an email at navigatingnetflixoriginals at gmail.com. If you don't agree with me, I don't want to hear from you. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and as always, too, if you uh, have any suggestions for us, feel free to pop those in the email slash Twitter as well. And we will yep. happily check them out. We will. All righty. Until, Until next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>